Hello, and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm Ellie Krieger, and in this episode, I'm talking with Joe Yonan, the food and dining editor of The Washington Post, where he writes the weeknight vegetarian column. He also happens to be the one who hired me for my column there. Joe Yonan is the author of the cookbook, Cool Beans, the ultimate guide to the world's most versatile plant-based protein, which was nominated for a James Beard Award this year. So it makes sense that his one real good thing is eat more beans. Listen as he explains how eating more beans can make your life better. And as he sets the record straight with some bean myth busting. Joe Yonan, thank you so much for being here. It is great to have you on. I love talking to you about anything, anytime, but I'm especially happy to talk with you today about eating more beans. Oh, it's my favorite subject. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it really is a great subject and it must have been your favorite subject because I think about as a cookbook author myself, when you're cooking from you know, to prepare the recipes for a particular topic, a particular book, you better be wanting to eat a lot of that <laughs> for, yep. the, for about a year or more as you're developing the recipes. So you really have to love beans to write a book about beans. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You know, I think when I first started and even thought about it, I thought, how on earth am I going to come up with 125 recipes featuring beans, you know? But honestly, by the time I was done, I I, I kept thinking, how am I going to stop? I, I just couldn't stop. Yeah. So. And what's remarkable to me about the book, or what it really stands out a lot to me, is the multicultural nature mm. of bean recipes and the bean recipes in the book, that it really they, it taps like every part of the globe in such a beautiful way that it fills me with joy, to be honest. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. You know, when I was thinking about it, one of the really starting points was this realization that so many cultures around the world have traditional dishes that feature beans. It's really startling. And so I think that question that I was asking myself at the beginning, how am I going to come up with these recipes, was answered by first going to all these sources and exploring these traditional recipes. Um, and then realizing that even with so much of my other cooking, I could add beans to almost anything <laughs> that I yes. was already making. Yeah. <laughs> and make it better and yes. better, not only better tasting, more satisfying, perhaps better texture, interesting texture, but also better for you. So the whole premise right. that we're working on here is that eating more beans, your one real good thing is going to propel our lives in a healthier direction. I know from a nutritional point of view, my take on why that is, and it is true. You know, what is so great about beans from your perspective, from your understanding of it? Well, you know, the affordability, the shelf stability. So the fact that you have access to them at any time. And then from a nutritional point of view, to me, the fact that they are the only food that's classified by, I believe, the USDA as both a vegetable and a protein says everything, right? So fiber, huge amounts of fiber, um, and then the protein. Um, so that's carbs, fiber, and protein all wrapped in this beautiful, delicious 
thing that's sitting on your shelf waiting for you to either open it, open it in a can, which is totally fine, or cooking it from dried. Um, so to me, yeah, nutritionally, that's it. And then, you know, one of the things that got me started was when I... I was reading about that Blue Zones project. I'm sure you're familiar with the Blue Zones. Yeah. Yes, I'm hoping to have the author on this podcast at some point. Oh, so this great. is the quiet shout out to him. <laughs> oh, great. Tell him I said, hey, no, he's really great. And he, you know, he went to all these communities that live longer than um, average than other communities. And one of the things that he he draws all of these conclusions about the things that they have in common, you know, and they all have regular exercise daily they all have intergenerational connections they all have active social lives um and in terms of their diet they all eat beans they all eat beans there's there's also a good good number of wild greens in some of their diets but and i heard him on the splendid table podcast um years ago say when Lynn Rosetto Casper, the host of the time, asked him, so what are the takeaways? What can people who want to live longer do? And he said, well, the first thing that everybody should do is eat more beans. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm Bingo. with you. <laughs> I'm with you. So um, between that and, you know, the UN designated, I think it was 2016, the International Year of Pulses. And that was from both a nutritional point of view and a, a sustainability point of view, you know, like what are, what can we emphasize that can help feed a growing planet? And they talked about beans as being a, a huge piece of that because they're also easy to grow and they don't require a lot of inputs and they actually help replenish the soil. So they're good for you and they're good for the planet. Um, so when I sort of was, filing all these things away and it just started to become and I personally have eaten beans since I was a kid you know I grew up in West Texas and we ate uh Tex-Mex and Mexican food all the time and be beans were a staple in my in in my house so I always loved them um I think they probably helped me get through college as a poor college student you know I would I was trying to feed myself as cheaply as possible um and and then certainly when I turned toward plant toward a plant-based diet, it just became that much clearer that that beans are it. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And from my own perspective, I normally do nutrition analysis on all my recipes. And when I would put beans in a dish or have a bean-based dish, I would look and I look at not only the standard kind of nutritional data, but I look at kind of the nutrient content. What is mm -hmm. this an excellent source of? What is this a good source of? What nutrients? And whenever I had beans in the dish, the nutritional like good source, excellent source would be like kind of off the charts. Like oh, the list yeah. would be endless. It would have every mineral, calcium, iron, magnesium, copper, zinc, selenium. It would have fiber off the charts. It would have protein, of course. It would have B vitamins. I mean, so it's, it's remarkable. It's kind of mind-blowing, the nutritional density, the nutrient density of this one little food that it's is so, so satisfying. Um, and I would love to read this actually from your book, um, if I may, because I think it really like sums up 
very well the health benefits here. So I'm going to, I'm quoting you right wow. now. <laughs> <laughs> the list of beans health benefits is long. They're nutrient dense, rich in cancer fighting antioxidants and heart healthy fiber. And they've been shown to improve our gut health, help stabilize blood sugar and possibly even lower cholesterol. If there's one idea that best summarizes their health benefits, it's eat beans, live longer. Yeah, And, and I couldn't agree more with all of that. So there's so many compelling reasons there, but I have to say, I always come to everything and I know you do too, from a taste and pleasure perspective. Mm -hmm. So we know all this good stuff and we know they're packed with nutrients and they kept probably generations of people alive, right? Um, but they also just are delicious. They're just delicious. Yeah. And, and we can just eat them because of that, because they like fill your belly in such a good way and they're delicious. Right. Right. And they're actually as been research about the filling the belly part. Like I ran into research that showed that um, meals that contained beans, more so than meat, Ellie, meals that contained beans resulted in higher satiety, you know, sat yeah. satisfaction-ness or, <laughs> you know, yeah, that. <laughs> um, yeah, the quality of feeling full and satisfied was higher when people ate beans than when they ate dishes that centered on meat, which I thought was really fascinating. Oh, I, yeah. I did not expect that. I'm not that surprised because of the fiber. Because right. fiber is one of right. the big satisfiers, right? Right. So right. I think that's a key part of it. Um, but what I love to do actually in a lot of dishes is mix meat and beans. So yeah, something sure. that's like traditionally maybe a beef chili, just putting beans in it or a beef um, I make like my tacos with ground beef, my, my right. classic kind of crispy yep. tacos <laughs> that are just like a fun Americana type of thing. And yep. I mix my meat mixture with beans. So I find yeah. it's such a great way to kind of like find that balance Yeah, and, and still, it doesn't have to be either or, you know, is kind right. of what I'm, what I'm always getting at in life. <laughs> I remember when, um, I think it was the uh, CIA Culinary Institute of America. And I know you've been um, you've done programs with them, like the Menus for Change program, and um, they had that program for a while that was about, and I think they still do it, about mixing mushrooms into um, meat, like burgers, to try to cut down on the, and which I think is great, but I have to say, I always thought, every time I saw that, I'm like, well, why, why not? beans. Totally. <laughs> I love mushrooms, but <laughs> yeah, well, I think the mushroom people may have come up with that idea oh, yeah. for them. So, but right. yeah, absolutely. Why not beans? And it makes so much sense from a nutritional point of view, because it is right. bringing in. And if you are trying to eat more plant foods, eating beans is so critical there because many people just kind of pull meat out of their diet without right. thinking about what they're not getting now. So beans do give you a lot of the critical minerals that right. are not in dairy foods. So you're going to, you're not going to get, you know, iron and zinc and magnesium from dairy foods. You're going right. to get them from your beans. So if you're going to eat less meat, you definitely want to be eating more beans. Right. So, right. And even if you're not eating less meat, you definitely want to be eating more <laughs> right. <meat. laughs> um, so, um, so one of the things I love about the book, as I mentioned, is this incredible, like um, variety of seasonings and in, and the recipes you have are just kind of, I mean, everything dip It's almost every meal of the week. I didn't see any breakfasts in there, but I stand by the idea that you can kind of 
eat any, there's no such thing as breakfast food, like have right. pizza for breakfast, have your Absolutely. bean pizza for breakfast kind sure. of thing, or your chickpea pancake perhaps, or a dosa. Sure. So you have all of that in there. But some that stood out to me um, are the lentil and zucchini and cherry tomato sloppy joes. Mm -hmm. The picture yeah. of that's gorgeous. I love yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Um Pinto bean, and, and I guess I'm thinking kind of more summary now too, because the pinto bean tortilla salad, I think, uh -huh, gonna, yeah. I, and I also think these look really easy. Mm -hmm. and I think that's part of it too, is that um, these recipes don't have to, you know, cooking with beans doesn't have to be so labor intensive, or I don't know, people's perceptions might be that it's, first of all, I think people's perceptions, and you address this in the beginning of the book, is that maybe they're somehow dowdy hippie food. Right, <laughs> you know? right. They have this, they have this, I do think that that has changed. And uh, even from when I wrote that, and I, I might have had a little bit to do with it. But you know, people have gotten more into beans. I mean, especially, especially after the pandemic or during the pandemic, right? Like my book came out right before the pandemic started. And I think a lot of people really appreciated having ideas for what to do with all those beans that they were told they needed to stockpile. So I remember when I was in college, going to this, you know, it was in the 80s in Austin, and I went to this French restaurant on campus, and I had a bowl of beans and rice almost at least several times a week. And it was because it was so cheap. But the place was this total hippie place. And, you know, the guy who cooked, I've seen pictures of it. The place was called Les Ami, and people nicknamed it Lazy Me because the service was so uninterested <laughs> in you. Um, and uh, and there's these photos of the chef, like with a joint hanging out of his hang, hanging out of his mouth. And that's the reputation that Beans had, I think, is, you know, the veggie chili stirred in a dusty back kitchen of an old co-op with you know, an old wooden spoon and and a tie-dyed shirt wearing person smoking a joint while now, they serve them, right? Is it terrible of me to actually like the idea of that though? I know. It sounds kind of great, doesn't it? Like, yeah. I kind of want to show up. Yeah. I mean, I shop at places like that still to this day. So don't don't get me wrong. I love those places. But I think for a lot of people there was this association with, yeah, with with hippie food. And then and then I think that because in so many cultures, beans have been, you know, so inexpensive that they've been part of, you know, what in Italy they call cucina povera, which is, you know, the cooking of the poorer classes. And I think in America anyway, we tend we have tended up until, thankfully, recently, um, you know, to glorify the more the higher and cuisines, the classical French cuisine, et cetera. Um, but I think in the last 10, 20 years, we've been paying a lot more attention to the wonderful foods of immigrants. And that's, you know, beans show up in, in all of those. So I think we've been giving them more due. Yeah. And then there's companies that have been elevating the bean by selling these beautiful heirloom beans like Rancho Gordo and they actually got kind of hip and they, you know, and they sell out quickly. That's a, well, that's a, that's a tried and true way to, you know, build a following is to give people the old random positive reinforcement, right? Like you can sometimes get your fabulous beans, but maybe not exactly when you want them. Um, that causes people to want it, to sign up. And so that created a little bit of a cult. Um, 
factor surrounding heirloom beans, which um, I think has has all served to change their reputation. Yeah. And also high end, you know, chefs in the best restaurants in the country right. are using beans more. And I think they're celebrating vegetables more and they're celebrating whole grains more. They're celebrating beans more. And I love this. I think this That's is right. all just helping all of us, you know, Don't be inspired. You? Yeah, totally. absolutely. Um, so you have though um, a certain basic prep method yep. for cooking beans. So I would love for you to share that with us. What is the sure. basic method for cooking beans? And P.S. It's so not hard, everybody. It's, it's easy. so it's so not hard. It's so not hard. Well, first, let me just to quickly address the elephant in the room, which is the soaking question, um, because I think people assume that you have to soak dried beans, and so they were. I think it it's caused a lot of hes hesitation on people's parts about cooking beans because they think that if I didn't, it's sort of like making ice cream. You think, oh, I didn't put my ice cream maker in the freezer two days ago, so I can't make ice cream today. And you think, oh, I can't make a pot of beans today because I forgot to put them on to soak yesterday. Well, you really don't have to soak beans. Um, there are reasons why you might want to. It, it cuts down on the cooking time a little bit. Um, it can help with the digestive issues somewhat, um, but you really don't have to. So my basic prep, prep method is to combine the beans with um, a good amount of water to cover them by a couple of inches. I add uh, an onion and some garlic, maybe bay leaf. And I like to add kombu, um, which is a, a otherwise known as kelp, J a Japanese dried seaweed which helps soften the beans. It's not required, but I like to throw one in there, um, throw, a, throw a strip in there. And then you bring the beans up to a boil and you boil them for a few minutes and then you turn them down as low as they'll go and you cover them and you cook them until they're done. Um, I also salt beans at the beginning, um, which I know is a lot of people say that you shouldn't do. Um, but it really has been shown to not make that much of a difference at all. And I feel like they're seasoned from the inside out when you salt them at the outset. Um, and yeah, and that's it. And you, you, you know, you need a little patience because depending on the age of your beans, you know, it could take a longer, it could take shorter or longer for you to cook them. Um, so I do it on a day when I'm puttering around the house and, I don't worry about it. Um, and that's it. Having said that, I also make beans in the Instapot. Um, Instapot is a great way, great thing to make beans in. Um, and particularly with the Instapot, you really don't have to soak them. Um, and, and sometimes I, sometimes I put them in the oven, you know, I do it, I do it in the oven, like 300, 350 degrees. I still boil them for a few minutes on the stovetop and then I put them in the oven and, yeah, that's it. It's just easy. It's basically hands off. You just have to maybe be at home. And honestly, you could put it on the stove before you're getting to watch a movie at home, maybe. And totally. then they're done by the time you're done watching, done watching the movie. It's sort of totally. like... I mean, one of, the, one of the things that was great about working from home for me um, during the pandemic was the ability to go put a pot of beans on in the middle of the workday, you know, and then go back up to my office to work and know that that you know, they'll be there waiting for me. Yeah. Well, and I also love, by the way, and I, I, I personally, 
hardly ever cook beans on the stove because I just have every variety of canned beans. And I yeah. just, and I love that you don't disparage that as an option that you really offer that up as an option, because I think most of us, you know, are, th this is not my case, but most people actually think about dinner as you know, at like 4 PM that day. I know. I know. Um, and that is a truth. And that's just, I think about dinner probably the night before when I'm, I know. Eating, when I'm eating the other dinner that I'm eating. Then I start talking about dinner the next night and my husband thinks I'm totally nuts. Right. Like, Why not just eat this food now and <laughs> enjoy the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a good reminder, but nonetheless, um, but I love having canned beans and I have so many different varieties yeah. uh, in my cupboard at all times. And I, and in your book, you also point out to try to buy um, the, the cans that are BPA free, which right. there are many options now. Many now, many, many now. In fact, I think it's harder to find ones that are not BPA free, possibly now. Probably true. <laughs> um, and also, I normally also, and you suggest low sodium or no salt yeah. added, and so do I, except if I'm making like a bean salad. Yeah. And I'm not going to be simmering the beans in any way with other flavorful ingredients. Then I often go with regular. Yeah. Salt in for your reason of getting that flavor throughout the bean. It's in there. That's right. In the bean. In and then when you rinse a can of beans, folks, I don't know if people realize this, but if you rinse and drain a can of beans with a regular amount of salt, it removes about 40% of the sodium. Right. And so right. you're going to get that flavor inside, but you're not going to have a really super high sodium food. Right, right. I mean, canned beans are honestly one of the world's great convenience foods. I mean, seriously. Like, and when it comes to vegetables, Vegetables, what what else competes? I mean, canned tomatoes are fabulous, but you and I wouldn't be having a conversation about canned mushrooms or canned beets or canned <laughs> asparagus, right? But canned no. beans are canned beans are great. Yeah. I mean, you know, the one thing when you cook beans from dried, you also get this secondary product. So you get this fabulous cooking liquid that's so much better than the liquid that's in the can. Um, yes, but. When you just, for convenience purposes, I mean, they're they're wonderfully cooked. I mean, the texture's great, you know, and especially if you're using them, if you're throwing them into something, if they're using, you're using them in a, sa in a salad or you want to throw them into your chili, um, they're great. The other thing you can do is try to, you know, if you like having the flexibility of a lot of heirloom varieties and you want to cook your own beans from scratch, you can do it from dried and then they store really beautifully. You know, they... They store in your refrigerator in the liquid for about a week, but they also freeze really beautifully. So you can sort of get the best of both worlds that way. But I have dried and canned beans in my pantry all the time. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. I usually use dried beans when I'm making a soup or a stew mm -hmm. because then I can just liquid. sort of make it all right. You want that liquid. Exactly. Right. And then that really adds so much to the dish. Right. Um, totally. So I, I want to help people work more beans into their life. Maybe we can okay. just sort of rattle off some ideas. Like, sure. I mean, for me, just the other day, I'm making a salad. I put in a can of chickpea, not a whole can for me, but like maybe, you know, I might eat like a third of a can of beans, but I'll put in some chickpeas and some feta cheese. And yeah. suddenly my regular green salad is now a main meal. Right. That's so healthy and so compellingly delicious. Um, so also offering that idea of um, putting beans in, um, uh, in a, something like a taco mix or whenever you're using a ground Absolutely. meat, you know, you can pull out like four ounces of the meat or eight ounces of the meat that you would normally do in the recipe and add a can of beans. 
Yeah. And you just made that dish so much healthier. That's right. That's um, right. So I any mean, other I, any other ones to throw well, out? You know where you know, I think people find this surprising when I do it, but I put chickpeas in smoothies a lot. Oh, um, I have to try that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do a protein shake with chickpeas and peanut butter and cocoa powder and um and it's delicious. And the chickpeas actually help um, you know, they help thicken it. Oh, I love thicken that the, idea. Thicken the, thicken the smoothie. And it's not, you don't taste it and go, oh my God, I'm drinking chickpeas. I mean, you just, you know, it just, it just tastes really good. And that's very easy to do. Just, oh. I always have a, I always have chickpeas kind of in my fridge that have been even canned chickpeas that I've, cause I don't t- tend to put the whole can in the smoothie. Right. right so I, right. um, oh, I have I, it in there. I love that idea. And it brings to mind that I often do that with vegetable soup. So when I do a pureed vegetable soup, right. oftentimes they're thickened with maybe potato or cream or whatever. I'll thicken mine with beans, with canned white beans Absolutely. or chickpeas. And were that together, nobody even knows there's beans in it, but suddenly you have this protein fiber rich That's right. vegetable soup that can be a main meal if you wanted it to be. The thing that's so amazing about beans when you're adding them to other dishes is that they can play the part of the protein or they can play the part of the starch, yeah. which is incredible. So like yeah. even in baking and stuff like they, and the smoothie, I think it's doing that when you're pureeing the soup, right? It's bringing that like, um, you know, the starch in them is helping add to that texture and creaminess that you're getting. Um, and I, you know, I've got some dessert recipes and baking recipes in the book and the beans, the bean, you know, when you do that, when you add beans to a baking recipe, you have to take out some of the flour, you know, because the beans are bringing their own starch to the party. So I know it's it's fun. Yeah. These chocolate red bean and rose brownies just look to die for. Thank you. Uh, I mean, you. and actually, I just had yesterday I was at uh, in Koreatown in New York and I was at this dessert place. And we were eating this uh, kind of shave ice, this delicious oh. shave ice. And it was on top was this scoop of red beans, yeah. sweet delicious, red beans. Right? And oh my gosh. <laughs> and you have a recipe with red beans, sweet red beans also in your book, which yeah. I just love that. And so it's so fun to incorporate them into dessert like that. Um, and they're not super hyper sweet. You know, you're getting a little no. bit of sweetness from the sugar that's they're kind of marinated in. Right. And, um, but you're also getting the fiber and protein that's going to kind of balance that a little bit. That's right. That's right. So. That that recipe was inspired by that old um, black bean brownie recipe that was, I don't know if you ever ran into this, but it was going around the Internet. I don't know, a long time ago. Um, and it was basically a brownie mix and a can of beans on. Oh, right. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, um, right, right. And, you know, and it was, and the beans sort of proved that you could, it was replacing egg or oil or anything. Um, you know, they weren't great though. They weren't great. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but I took that idea and I sort of thought, well, red beans are so, those little azuki beans work so well with sweets that I wondered what would happen. And so I sort of, you know, started playing around. Yeah. So you basically made that recipe what it wished it would be. Right, it right. Grew up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, so this is so great. Um, one of the things 
I wanted to, we touched upon some of these already, but I really want to do some myth busting. Okay. Um, so some of the myths that I have in my mind that I think people have about beans, um, we've addressed already, but I'm going to bring them up again to kind of do this roundup of some sure. myth busting. So first of all, I kind of feel like we have to talk about lectins because oh, I will yeah. get the emails about oh, from yeah. people aren't beans bad for you because of lectins. Right. So first of all, my boop boop. Oh, I think I hear my BS monitor. Going <laughs> yeah. Off. Thank you. Thank you, Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I address that. But um, tell us. So lectins. These. That's what is sort of billed as by some uh, influencers, which I uh. use with big fat big quote marks, quote mark. <laughs> um, say that um, they're actually anti-nutrients. Anti so it, it can actually um, help prevent you from absorbing nutrients in right. foods. And, and, and these are real things that exist in plants, in all right. plants, right. actually. But how does this, uh, but it doesn't mean the beans are bad for you. No. Um, so explain this. Well, the funny thing about this, and I know you know this because you've actually written about this, um, you know, lectins are destroyed by cooking. <laughs> so the message is, people, very carefully, do not eat raw beans. Do not eat raw beans. So, you know, there's really no danger of that. Um, you know, nobody eats raw beans. It was based, the, the Fuhrer ended up being traced back to some rare cases, relatively rare cases of people getting sick from red kidney beans that people made in a slow cooker. And it is one of the reasons why I advise people to boil beans for 10 minutes before they turn the heat down really low, because the what destroys the lectins is a certain level of heat. And if the beans never get hot enough. So these are people who are just dumping dried red kidney beans into their slow cooker and cooking them for a long time. And they never really got hot enough and they were undercooked um, and, and some people got sick. Um, but. There, it, it's very easy to avoid. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but yeah. I think it, and so, okay. So it is the BS monitor going off and everything and this ridiculous hyperbole about, around it, but there is this seed of truth to it that yes. you do need to cook them adequately. So right. cook them all the way through and make sure they come to a high enough temperature, come to a boil essentially. That's right. That's right. So, so that's really worth knowing, I think. Um, but it's not something to worry about. So no. as far as it being something to worry about, that is a myth. Right. Um, the other myth you already talked about is that it's a myth that you have to soak them overnight, and that right. is not true. However, right. again, um, as you mentioned, if you soak them, um, it may cut down the cooking time somewhat, uh, slightly, yeah. um, but also it may to if you, the soaking liquid, if you then dump that out, yeah. it may reduce some of the starches that can lead to digestive right. issues. Right. So if you if you um, react to beans with a particularly uncomfortable level of gas, which I'm sure might be one of your other myths, we'll see. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> um, you know soaking, me. soaking can cut down, um, can cut down on that. And then, and I want to um, repeat about that, about your very great trick about the kombu, because yeah. putting in the seaweed when you're boiling them, um, it's so helps soften them. But from what I understand, it may also help reduce this incidence it, of the possibility of gas. It does. It's, it's amazing. So my sister always did this. She's an old hippie from way back. 
And she didn't really know why. It was a thing from macrobiotic that she picked up from macrobiotic cooking. And she always told me like, oh, I always put kombu in. And then I started doing some research and it turns out that kombu contains the same enzyme that we lack that helps us digest those oligosaccharides is the same thing that's in vino. That's amazing. It's in the kombu. I love that. So that yeah. is, that's a great tip. I mean, if everyone walks away just learning that today, I think that's super yeah. helpful. Um, so, okay. So you don't have to soak them. That's a myth, but you may want to for various yeah. reasons. Okay. So um, the other myth that I think is that canned beans are a compromise. That's a myth. Right. We kind of tapped into that already. Absolutely. And then the last myth that I have is that beans give you gas. Um, and it's not entirely a myth because there is some truth to that. However, it's really not necessarily difficult to manage that. Right. Um, so they give you get these oligo oligosaccharides is a type of carbohydrate that um, many people have difficulty digesting. I mean, some people really, um, it's an issue, they have to really eliminate, eliminate them from their right. diet. And that's a condition that we're not necessarily talking about here. Most people just have some sensitivity to them. Right. Um, and I think one of the important things, which gets back to your one real good thing, is that usually if you eat beans and you get gas, the problem may be that you're not eating beans often enough. That's exactly right. And because your body is actually uh, gets accustomed to them. So, and, and in a good way, that is probably beneficial for your microbiome and so on. So right. I think the message if you is that you need to eat beans more often. That's exactly, exactly right, Ellie. I mean, and the research is really solid behind this. People who have issues, people who start eating beans for the first time, they haven't eaten beans half a cup a day, they add to their diet, they have gas, and it goes, it reduces significantly within a couple of weeks if they stick with the half a cup a day. Um, yeah, that's absolutely right. And, you know, the other thing that I think is important to probably address here is that unless it's uncomfortable, for you and you're and you're one of those people that has like a really serious problem um you know <laughs> there's nothing wrong with gas you know <laughs> right. if, you know we make light of it we make jokes about it people get embarrassed about it and and i understand like you know there's social faux pas you know i don't necessarily want to interrupt shavasana in my yoga class with you know <laughs> a little a little demonstration of the musical <laughs> capabilities of bean eating um but the fact is that there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it and in fact the same things that lead to gas yeah they also help feed our our gut biome so the chapter in the book or a little the page where i explain all this i say i titled it let the music play <laughs> like maybe we just need to just need to loosen up a little bit about it. <laughs> yeah, that's very that's a very interesting. That's so true. That's so true. Well, that is funny. Um, so I think for me, I mean, I think we've really uh to me, I feel always inspired to eat beans, but I'm hoping we inspired some others to add me beans too. to their life and take away some of the myths and offer some flavor and practical inspirations. And I didn't know if there's anything else you wanted to add before we sign off? Well, I, I think the key is to just realize that beans can do anything. Um, and that, you know, you can be kind of freewheeling about it. So if you have beans at the ready, whether they're beans that you've made from dried and you have stored in your fridge, 
or you have cans, just get in the habit of opening them up as you're thinking about what you're making for dinner, as you're cooking dinner, and just see where they lead you. You might just wind up snacking on them. That's true. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I there are so many great recipes on your website, which I'll provide a link to um, online. And then also, I encourage everyone, of course, to check out the book "Cool Beans: The Ultimate Guide to Cooking with the World's Most Versatile Plant-Based Protein." So, thank you, Joe Yonan. You're awesome. Appreciate you so much. Thanks, Ellie. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you're inspired to eat more beans. I know I always am. Go to elliekrieger.com to learn more about Joe Yonan and join me next time for another One Real Good Thing.